بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده يا ربنا لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم خير إن شاء الله yesterday we started the chapter regarding القول في اجتناب المعاصي that how to refrain from sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned a few things at the beginning, right? He said that it's easier for a person to carry out good actions, but it's harder for a person to suppress his nafs and suppress his desires. And then he continues, he says, Al-Muhajiru man wal-Mujahidu man Right? A person who, uh, who uh, an immigrant is a person who immigrates from his evil habits. Man hajarasu, he leaves that evil. And he says, "Well, man jahad hawa." Right? In a, a person who is a true mujahid, someone who is truly struggling, man jahad hawa. He's struggling against his desires. Khair, inshallah. Now we're going to continue here. He says, "Al-ma'asiyatu bil jawalih." Now carrying out sins with our limbs. Right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us all limbs. He's given us hands. He's given us legs, ears, right, eyes. All these we're go- we're go- are going to be accounted for on Yom Qiyamah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us all these blessings, right? And at the same time. Allah is going to ask us about every single ni'mah on Yom Al-Qiyamah. From any single thing that we've gotten, Allah is going to ask us. And this is what he's trying to explain to us here. He says, وَعَلَمْ Understand very well. إِنَّمَا تَعْصِي That alright. He says, know that all your limbs will testify against you in the plains of judgment. With clear, he says, وَهِيَ نِعْمَةٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ وَأَمَانَةٌ لَدَيْكَ he said, no, yeah, know that all your limbs will testify against you in the plains of, the, uh, of judgment with clear, eloquent speech as Allah will expose your faults in front of an assembly of creation. Oh, wait, no, I, I just read the part ahead. Ah, my bad, here it is. Know that you disobey from Allah most high with your limbs while they are, bo- they are a bounty from Allah and a trust to you. Right? These body parts, as I mentioned earlier, right? this is an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a trust to Allah. You good? <laughs> Sorry, I got a copy of guard, I think. Did you yeah, too, okay. too fast? <laughs> That's what happened to me earlier too. <laughs> uh, anyway, so these body parts that we have is a trust from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? If anybody gives you a trust in life, if I, if I let, uh, uh, what's it called? Brother Siam, brother borrow my car, which will never happen by the way. <laughs> right? If I let him borrow my car, right? And he, co- and he gives it back to me all re- it's all, and it's all destroyed, what's going to happen? I'm going to be very furious. So here in a similar situation, if we have been given an amana and a trust from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are abusing the, uh, you know, the limbs and the, the, our eyes and ears and, and, and we're using those, uh, those same body parts that Allah has given us to use them against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command, then obviously there's going to be a problem. And he says, Yeah, so he says, yeah, and he says, so, you, uh, so you're using the bounties of Allah uh, most high to disobey Him is the ultimate ingratitude. And you're betraying the trust He has placed with you is the ultimate tyranny. Alright? And he says, This is why I hate the PDF. You gotta keep going back and forth. Alright? Yeah, so he says, فَإِنَّ So he says that indeed the, uh, the parts of your body uh, are, are your subjects, so pay attention to how you govern them. As each of you, and then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi he mentioned a beautiful hadith here, right? Right, he says that, so pay attention, uh, he says, indeed the parts of your body are your subjects, so pay attention to how you govern them. Each of you is a shepherd, and each of you is answerable for his flock, right? Our flock is what? Our body parts, right? Sometimes even this hadith can talk about our family, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, ya Allah says, O people who believe, Save yourselves nara, And save uh, your family from the fire of Jahannam So now he's not necessarily The flock doesn't necessarily mean our body parts here But it could mean anything that we are responsible for Yeah uh, this is, Yeah my bad I don't know something wet over here right. Anyway Yeah something that we are responsible for So this is very very important here to understand Again remember the hadith Kullukum ra'in Right, all of you are shepherds Kullukum And all of you will be asked about your, your flock and then he says, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ جَمِيعَ أَعْضَائِكَ سَتَشْهَدُ عَلَيْكَ فِي عَرَصَاتِ الْقِيَامَةِ بِلِسَانٍ دَلْقٍ دَلْقٍ يَفْضَحُكَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى مَلَئِ مِنَ الْخَلَائِقِ 
Right? Know that all your limbs will testify against you in the plains of judgment with clear, eloquent speech as Allah will expose your faults in front of an assembly of creation. Right? And he says, Allah Ta'ala, Allah the Most High, He says, يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ وَأَيْدِيهِمْ وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Allah is not telling you an ayah. Now look, this is not just something that the, the author is saying here. This is derived from a Quranic ayah. That on that day, تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ That their tongues are going to witness against them. وَأَيْدِيهِمْ Their hands. وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ All these body parts, all these limbs. What are they going to testify? بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Which what they used to do in this dunya. Right? All these things that we have been given in this life, they're going to be all answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? We talked about the hadith, right? About the ni'mas Allah has given somebody and Allah will call the person who is knowledgeable on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. What's going to happen to him? The knowledgeable person, he's going to come, one of the first three people to come on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. He's going to say, Allah, I did all this in this video. Yeah, exactly. Right? So... Yeah, exactly. And then Allah is going to say, no, you're a liar. So we need to make sure that we need to keep our... What is muraqaba? We talked about this yesterday. Monitoring, monitoring your heart. MashaAllah. Remember that. Monitor your heart, monitor your limbs, and every single one of your movements. This is very, very important. Now getting back to this thing, because all of single of our movements and everything, we're going to be, have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, he continues here. He says... وَقَالَ تَعَالَىٰ أَلْيَوْمَ نَخْتِمُ عَلَىٰ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ مَا إِكْرَامْ What is the translation of this ayah? Your mouth will be closed نَخْتِمُ عَلَىٰ أَفْوَاهِمْ We're going to seal their mouths وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ What does that mean? Your hands will speak Yes, your hands will be made to speak وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُم بِمَا كَانُوا Witnesses, they yeah, what, they, what they used to do. Yeah, what they used to earn and what they used to do in this dunya. There's just two ayats you can keep in mind now. Uh, Allah is telling us that look, these two ayats you should be very, very concerned about because on that day, even if we want to try to lie to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember I talked about we're not fooling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're only fooling ourselves. If on the day of Qiyamah we're saying, oh Allah, this is not true, I didn't do this, it's like, okay, you know what? You want to, you want to say that. That Allah, na'udhu billah, is not telling the truth? Okay, that's it. Now your own hands. And you're going to be like, yo, what? yo shut up. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. Right? Because Allah is the one who's giving you this ni'mah, and Allah can do whatever He wants with it. He can make it speak, He can make it do whatever He wants. Khayr. He says here, فَحْفَضْ جَمِيعَ بَدَنِكَ وَخُصُوصًا أَعْضَاكَ سَبْعَةً فَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مَلَهَا سَبْعَةُ أَبْوَابِ لِكُلِّ بَابٍ مِّنْهُمْ جُزٌ مَقْسُومٌ He says here, that, so guard your entire body, especially the seven parts of it. What is seven parts of the body? The seven parts that touch the ground. So what are those? So your two hands, your knees, feet, and your nose, and your breath. Is that seven? I'm asking you guys. Your four, whole face. Okay, you guys get the bottom line, right? Just protect your limbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Some people are like, oh, I don't know, man, like my ear, like my, little, <laughs> my, my earlobe, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so he's saying here, that, look, make sure you protect, especially the seven body parts, right? The seven limbs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you to, uh, here because he says, for verily, the Jahannam, hell has seven gates. Jahannam has seven gates. Nikulli bab minhum juz'um maqsum, right? For, and he mentions, that for, uh, through each uh, of which a particular group is destined to enter. Right? And he continues, he says, There you go. These are the seven limbs that he's talking about. All right? uh, he says here that the only uh, ones designated to enter these gates are those who disobeyed Allah Ta'ala the Most High by means of these following parts. These are the seven parts he was talking about. Number one, he says, Al-Ain. What is Al-Ain? Eyes. Eyes. Number two, he says, Al-Udhun. Ears. Ears. Number three, he says, Wal-Lisan. Tongue. Tongue. Number four, Wal-Batan. Stomach. Batan. Right? Wal-Farj. It's a private part, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> Six, waliyad, and and your feet. All these things, these seven body parts that Allah has given you, right? He's saying that look, be very careful. Jahannam has seven gates, and those gates are specific to those who disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa taala. So be very, very careful. 
Don't make yourself amongst those people who falls into the traps of shaitan because shaitan will promise you. What is the ayat of the Waqas and Mahuma? Inni lakuma lamin al nasihin. What did the. Yeah, what's the. You have a question? Eyes, ears, stomach, five foot, hand, feet. Is it their tongue as well? <laughs> the tongue is there as well. Yeah, yeah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about the story of Adam alayhi salam and Hawa radiallahu anha. Right? Waqasamahuma. Inni lakuman. Like he took an oath. Like, dude, trust me. I'm a good, like, I'm, I'm trying to advise you. Inni lakuma lamin al I'm trying to do what's better for you. Right? Shaitan played this game, right? With them. Like, trust me, man. I'm on your side. Don't worry about it. And then what happened? Right? And after that, we know what he did there. He, he somehow uh, made Adam and Hawa anha, you know, eat from the forbidden tree. And that's that they got out of Jannah. So Shaitan automatically in, 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 our, in our minds, whatever, he, like, you know, he'll try to convince you that he's there for, he's a well-wisher for you. But in reality, Shaitan is nothing. He's not a well-wisher for you in the least, as we can see. Right? He, this guy, he blames Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. Right? He blames, look how much pride you have to have. Right? But to, di- to directly disobey a commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? To directly disobey. It shows that, uh, that, that he, what's it called? Even, the, you know, because at that time, uh, uh, what's it called? Iblis or shaitan, he was the most pious person, right? He was the most pious person. When we talked about these three pious people, he was amongst the last person, right? The person who thought he had a good relationship with Allah, but when he was tested, it was a wrap for him. Anyway, getting back to the book here, he says... So what are the seven limbs again? I just want to ask. What are the seven limbs? Eyes, ears, tongue, tongue, stomach, stomach, hands, 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 and feet. Good. Hands and feet. Okay. Now he's going to talk about each part individually. Alright. الأرض والسماوات وتعتبر بها وتعتبر بما فيها من الآيات. So what were, what were the, the eyes created for? Right? Why do we have eyes? What is a purpose? What serve what eyes what do our eyes serve like a purpose for? Like what are they here for? So he says here خلقت, the reason why it was created لك for you to guide you outside of this darkness. Darkness of what? Evil. Evil misguidance. Right? Remember I talked about ilm? And what is it? It's a nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This light that we are learning now, this is going to be the same thing that's going to take us out of this darkness of misguidance. Right? We are all misguided in some way. Right? And the thing is, once we actually open up our eyes, right? Like some people may have an experience in life that makes them open up their eyes and realize, dude, like what am I doing? Right? For a lot of us, it was like, you know, when Brother Hamza passed away, Right, Brother Hamza, Allah have mercy on his soul. Right, a lot of people woke up from that. Like, man, subhanAllah, this could have been myself. Right, this could have been me. And all these different types of things. And the way that the dunya, subhanAllah, is, um, is designed. Imam Ghazali makes a very beautiful example out of this. Give me one second. He mentions, imagine a person walking in a forest, right? And this guy, he's walking by himself. And he has no, like, no... And then all of a sudden, a lion comes out of nowhere. A lion comes out of nowhere. And what happens is, obviously, he has, con- he has eye contact with the lion, and con- uh, I- the lion has eye contact with him. So we know what's about to happen. The lion starts running after him, right? And now what happens is, this guy starts to run the opposite direction, and he jumps inside a well. He jumps inside a well. And now, inside the well, he's holding on to a rope. Right? He's holding on to a rope, and he's like, okay. He looks up, and he sees that the, the lion is circling. Uh, he's circling the, uh, what's it called? Um, the well. He's like, okay, I'm going to wait until he goes away and then inshallah I'll climb out. Now he looks down and then there's a serpent waiting for him. There's a big snake, right? A huge cobra, whatever you want to call it. Right? A really, really big snake waiting for him down there. So now he's in a very big predicament. He's like, man, what am I supposed to do now? It's going to hang here until, you know, the lion leaves or this guy leaves, you know? Now what happens is even crazy. Now he looks at the rope and there are two mice biting on the rope. One is a black mouse and one is a white mouse, right? And now subhanAllah, and now he looks at the side. At this, this point is a matter of time, right? It's like, you know what? It's over for me. Now he looks to the side of the well and he sees some honey. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take some honey and put it in my mouth. So now all these things represent something. The first thing, the lion. Who can th- think about what the lion represents? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Death, yes. That death is always chasing after us. That hadith, very famous hadith that when Rasulullah drew a line, he said, all of your aspirations are right here. But death is right behind you. It's right here. And he made the shishala. Right here. It's right behind you. So that's there. 
Now, death is always chasing after us in life. There is no way possible we're going to get away from the death. Allah, what is the ayah? Every single person is going to taste what death feels like. Right? So we cannot hide it. We cannot hide away from it. We can, we can convince ourselves that I'm going to live a very long life and all that. But subhanAllah, we have, the, we have a few examples. Right? We had Hamza. We had Samran. Right? We, have, we had plenty of examples that, you know, in front of our eyes, people that we were very cool with. And they passed away. And so that wakes us up. Like, dude, this could have been myself. I could pass away. There's no... Allah, uh, the, death has no respect for how old you are or nothing like that. Right? Death has not, doesn't have respect for anybody. When, when, when death comes to you, it's over. It's a wrap. He doesn't care who you are. You can be the biggest scholar in the world. You can be the biggest, you know, I don't know, whatever you want, the biggest sinner does, that not, does not care. Death is going to come to you. And then after that, actually, I want to mention one beautiful thing, actually, about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right? And then when Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was passing away, Jibreel Alayhi Salam came and the angel of death came with him, right? And he said, so the angel of death, subhanAllah, he actually knocked on the door of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right? And he says, Salaamu alaykum ya Rasulullah, can I come in? Right? Death does not ask for anyone. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to mention one more story before I get back. You know one time, Musa alayhi salam, this is a very funny story. Musa alayhi salam, the angel of death came to Musa alayhi salam. The, Musa, the death, uh, angel of death kind of ran upon him, right? You know what Musa alayhi salam did? He hit him straight in the face, right? And his eye fell up. <laughs> so he goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, this guy just, <laughs> just hit me in the face. This is what happened, right? And then after that, because the Anbiya والسلام, they have a choice to live. So he came back, he told Musa alayhi salam, look, I'm the angel of death. All right, sorry I didn't introduce myself earlier. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then what's it called? He, whatever, that's what happened. Now getting back to this story. Now here he knocks out of the honor and respect for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Right? And now he enters. And now what happens is, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, he, first off, he said, Assalamu alaykum ya Rasulullah. Right? Salam. Remember I said, uh, angel, that's not, he's not going to say salam to us. He's saying salam to Rasulullah sallallahu And then he said, you know, the, the, what's it called? The prophets, they have a choice if they want to live, right? So he said, if you want, I'll take your life now. If not, later. So he said, what is Allah going to do with my ummah? That's the first question that came to his head. What is Allah going to do with my ummah? Right? A lot of us feel like, man, I have to get my affairs settled. Right? What is Allah going to do with my ummah? And subhanAllah, Jibreel went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked, Ya Allah, this is what Rasulullah is asking. He said, Tom, I'm not going to disappoint you in regarding your, in regarding your ummah. And subhanAllah, you see how it is because all the nations combined, whatever they have done wrong, whatever they have done wrong, we have surpassed them in every way. Every single way. You want to talk about the Qawm al-Luta and this LGBTQ stuff, right? This is what happened here, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed those people, right? You talk about Qawm uh, al you talk about Qawm al-Thamud, you talk about uh, what's it called, Qawm al Right, the flood and every single thing. But what have we? What haven't we done? Right, think about what haven't we done. But Subhanallah, why hasn't Allah destroyed us? It's because of these du'as of Rasulullah Now getting back to the actual thing, right? Now the story continues. Now this guy jumps down on the rope, and now he's just waiting there. Right? He's hanging on, and he sees the serpent. What does the serpent represent? The grave, the grave, right? It represents the grave and how it's just ready to swallow you up at any given moment. Right? Remember that hadith I told you about when Uthman was crying over the grave? What did he mention that Rasulullah That I have not seen any sight except this. The grave is more detestable than that. Right? That the grave, we're going to be, sit, be alone in the grave one day. And we're going to have to answer for everything we've done. Right? So prepare yourself. And this is dua that I, I want all you guys to memorize. Right? It's very, very beautiful. It says, Raditu billahi rabba. Because that I am happy as, uh, with Allah as my Lord. Raditu billahi rabba wa bil islami dina. And I'm happy with the deen of Islam. Right? The deen of Islam, I'm happy that the, I have the deen of Islam. Wa bi Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rasulah. And I'm happy that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, is our prophet. Right? So these memorize this thing because these are three questions that are going to be asked in the grave, right? The first one is, who is your Lord? Uh, what is your religion? And who is this man? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. First part was, I'm happy with Allah. Yeah, raditu billahi rabba. I'm happy and content that Allah is my Lord. Right? And then Wabil Islam Medina and Islam as my religion. Abu Muhammad and Muhammad is a Nabi. And now he goes to the rope, he looks at the rope, right? And he sees these two mice fighting. One white mouse and one black mouse. What do these things represent? Night and day. Night and day, yes, subhanAllah. 
right? That the night and days is going really quickly. Subhanallah, Ramadan, we, a lot of us didn't even feel Ramadan. It flew by like this. And this is the sign of Yom Qiyamah, right? And yitaqarab zaman that the time is going to fly so quickly that one year will feel like a month. One month will feel like a day. One day will feel like an hour. One hour will feel like a minute. And subhanallah, this is the reality that we are all living in, right? This is, this is happening amongst us, yet we don't realize it. So these are the things that he... And then what he said, what is the honey? What does the honey represent? You guys know? Dunya. It's the dunya. And he just took it, the dunya, and he, he put it in his mouth. The subhanAllah, no matter what situation we're in, somehow the dunya can always distract us. The dunya is always calling us to it with its, all of its ornaments and its beauty, right? But this dunya, Allah does not care about the dunya in the least. Remember that hadith I told you guys about? That, لو كانت الدنيا تعدل جناح بعودة, that if Allah were to care about the dunya even to the extent of a wing of a mosquito, ما سقى كافرا منها Allah will not give a single sip of water to a disbeliever. And subhanAllah, the disbelievers are flourishing in this dunya because the dunya is a prison for who? And the jannah for who? For the disbelievers. Right? So this is something to be mindful of. So remember the story that Imam Ghazali mentioned. Okay? Now, getting back to what he mentioned here. Um, yeah. What else are your eyes for? What, what is the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, uh, created your eyes? That you might be helped by it with respects to your needs. Right? And then not only that, he continues. He says, Back and forth. Alright? Uh, yeah. So. And then, And that you look at the, the, subhanAllah, the different, different types of creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You use these eyes to ponder over the beauty and the creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has surrounded ourselves with. Allah has given us so many things in life. Just walk outside, subhanAllah, we're able to see all these different types of colors. We're able to see all the different types of, you know, the types of animals and birds and subhanAllah. This is what Allah has created, uh, created us for, so we can reflect over these things. Right? Ponder over all these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Right? If we were to just sit down and ponder over all these things, our iman would grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Right? Why, why, how can we pray our salah, right? but we don't feel the difference? Right? It's because a lot of times what happens is, and I was actually discussing it with other wahid today. Right? These ni'mas, sometimes we take them for, for granted. Right? That we know that food is a ni'mah. Right? Food is a big ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we have to make sure we eat halal food. Very, very important. Eat halal food. There is a hadith of the Prophet that talks about this. It says that a person who even eats a morsel of haram food, his dua and his salah are not accepted for 40 days. Right? His dua and his salah both are not accepted for 40 days. And a lot of times what happens when we eat haram food, it's actually scientifically proven as well. When somebody eats food, right? That same food, that same nutrition that you get from that food runs through your bloodstream for 40 days. So how can you carry out proper acts of ibadah and worship if you have your, the root of everything, your energy and everything that you're getting is from haram? There's no way. There's no way you're going to be able to carry out good actions, right? So this is something that he's reminding us here that look, ponder and look around, around yourself and be amazed by the different, different things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for us to, to look at. Right? For us to see, for us to be thankful for. Right? All these things are very, very important. Right? Don't look at women though. Right? Very, very important. A lot of times I get this question a lot. They're like, you know, what's it called? Uh, when we look at Allah, the first gaze is forgiven, right? The first gaze is forgiven. So can we just keep looking? <laughs> but the, the definition of a gaze is that you look up and you look down. That's a gaze. Now that's staring. <laughs> that is staring. Gaze and stare is a very, very big difference here. So keep that in mind, inshallah. So anyway... And then people like to say to, oh, we're just pondering over the creation of Allah, like you told us to do. Alright, what the, and then he continues, he says, And that you, same thing, that you take heed, right, over those things which are the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You take ibrah and you take listen, a lesson from all these different, different ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only in the Quran, but ayat can be signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Right, that's what Allah says, Siru fil Allah says, go travel in the world and look around how the punishment of the other people were. Like you can go back, even if you go to, what is that one area? Where is from? The Red Sea. Huh? The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. Right? Somewhere in, I forgot the area exactly. But, you said something? Cotton? 
Huh? Sodom is the act that they used to do. Right? Oh, sodomy. Oh, right? Sodomy was the, uh, what's it called? The act of homosexuality. Petra and Jordan. Yeah, Petra is... Everybody, anybody seen Petra? If you ever go on uh, <laughs> Google? Like, you know, no. some... So like, there's really, really big houses that are craved... Uh, that are, that are ca- craved. Carved inside the mountains. The mountains right? Yeah. Those, uh, some mentioned they're, they're the houses of the Qawm of Hud, and then, like, you know, the Qawm Ad. Right? Because they used to take pride in that. Also this. in South America as well, right? I think... Uh, they have them actually in Saudi, too. Is that Saudi? Saudi? Yeah, but, but I heard that like there's a hadith that you're not even supposed to look at it. You're like supposed to keep your eyes. Yeah, yeah, down. there is a hadith like that, but some but Allah says look at it, but don't just like sit there and be like, wow, this guy's got destroyed. Like, <laughs> oh, made it uh, but look at it as like man, subhanallah. Uh, this is what happens to people who disobey the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we can disobey the commands of Allah all the time. But why haven't we been destroyed? But that doesn't that doesn't mean that we you know we just get a free pass to do whatever we want. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wrath will come, but it will come in different in different manners. Right? And we don't want to do that. And so now we understand the eyes, right? What, what did he mention about the eyes? The fourth thing that he mentioned? Guide out of darkness. Guide us out of darkness. Yes. What darkness? Misguidance. Gu- the darkness of misguidance. Number two? Help with needs. Help with needs. Number three? Look at the creation and ponder it. Yes. And then? Fourth? Take heed from ayat of Allah. Yeah. It says, فَحْفَظْهَا عَنْ أَرْبَعٍ Protect your eyes from four things. The first thing he mentions is, subhanAllah, Right? Don't look at your non-mahram. That's the first thing he mentions. Right? Because inside, like men themselves, the biggest, biggest fitna and the biggest trial and tribulation and test for them is women. Right? There's a hadith that mentions that the biggest, you know, I fear for my ummah, or the biggest, uh, one of the biggest um, fitnas or trials and tribulation for the men in my ummah are what? Women. Nisa. Right? Because that is our natural inclination. We will give, you give us the whole dunya, we won't care. Give us a woman, alhamdulillah. Right, that's how it is. So that's the first thing he's saying, that guard, right, because that's where the steps begin. Remember I told you guys a story yesterday about Barsisa? That's how it all starts off. It starts off by one gaze, right, <laughs> or stare, right? whatever you want to call it. And then after it goes from gaze or looking to like, oh, okay, you know, let me say it, let me say what's up, uh, let me say what's up, or let me say it, like, you know, how you doing? And then after that, it goes off, oh, you know, or for people that are in school, oh, we're just working on a group project, right? And then after that, it goes from somewhere else to somewhere else to somewhere else to texting, talking about personal problems, right? I'm going to make sure I look really drippy when I go, when I go to, you know, I'm wearing my, wear my tohate sweater when I go visit the sister, inshallah, right? And that's what happens. That's shaitan's game. Shaitan is not stupid, like I mentioned. He's been playing these games for years, right? So subhanAllah, where are we? Right, where people are way more intellectual, way more close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala than we are, right? And look where they look where they went. So what is it for us? So that's what he mentioned here. First thing that do not look at your ghayr mahram. Don't look at don't like look at somebody who's besides your direct female relatives. That's the first thing. Even cousins, you know. Subhanallah. A lot a lot of times people say, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know you you have feeling for your cousins, but it's like me personally. I've seen in my family the things that can happen between you know. Because your cousin is still not your mahram, right? And then, so, then he continues, he says, وَإِلَىٰ صُورَةٍ مَلِيحَةٍ بِشَهْوَةِ نَفْسٍ The second thing they need to protect your, uh, your eyes from is from looking at a beautiful form in a lustful way. What does that mean? Looking at a beautiful form in a lustful way? He's talking about like your 2K form? Like, like, <laughs> basketball? like wow, do you see how he shot that? <laughs> no, like what is he talking about? What, what do you guys think? Like being greedy for something? Huh? Being greedy for something you see. That's good. Anybody, anybody else? Looking at women like the wrong way. Lusting for them. Hey, anything, anything of the dunya that can attract you. Right? That you, in your eyes, you made it so lustful and stuff like that. Remember I told you our nafs is a very animalistic being. Right? It's so animalistic. It will go haywire. It will make sure that it gets what it wants over and over and over again. Right? That's because, and this is the biggest problem today. That when people don't control the nafs, look to where the ummah has gotten to. Subhanallah. People are trying to justify, I was actually reading an article, like, I think it was like five, six months back or something. People are trying to justify pedophilia. Oh. <laughs> like what? They're trying to justify that? This is, what, this is what it means. A beautiful form in a lustful way. Right? That you're, anything that your nafs wants more, it's going to make it look very lustful. We have, we have bestiality nowadays. Or people can't, they're not satisfied from women, they go here and there and this and that and everything else, right? Some people have other desires that they look at in a very lustful way and they just want to do that. So this is why he's saying that keep yourself safeguarded from these kinds of things, right? Keep yourself and know that these eyes belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So that's number two. Number three, he mentions here, 
Yeah, the third thing he mentions is There's number three here, he mentions from looking at a Muslim with an eye of disdain. What is that? Don't look down on your fellow Muslim brothers. Yes. Judging. Jealousy. Jealousy. Judging, looking down upon people, right? Thinking you're something and that your brothers are not are, not, are nothing. This is a very big problem in society. You know why people run away from Islam? Right, it's a very it's like it's because we people judge them. People are like, oh, dude, yeah, you're going to hell, dude. Like, you don't pray namaz? Or you don't pray, you don't pray tarawih? Astaghfirullah, right? And this is what happens. This is what pushes pe- people further away from Islam. And a lot of us probably have this, this, this encounter with our parents, right? A lot of people, like, I'm not saying that your parents, what I'm talking about, looking down, look down upon you. A lot of problems uh, come about when our parents and us, we have a, a cultural difference, right? We may want to do something, right? When we come here to the United States, or when they come here to the United States, they're given a blueprint by their parents, right? Make sure... You uh, don't let your kids do this. You raise your kids just like how our parents raised us, right? The biggest form of this, like in, in, our, in my parents' eyes personally, this is like kufr. If you talk bad to your parents, it's like you left the fold of a stuff. <laughs> it's 100%. That's the, that's the situation, right? That our parents, they, come here with, they, they came here with a blueprint from their parents, and their parents said, look, your, your kids cannot disrespect you. That's it. Your parents cannot disrespect you. And because of that, people, obviously what happens is you see a lot of youth nowadays, because of that barrier they have with their parents, some may have a good relationship with their parents, alhamdulillah. And because of that, you see positive benefits. But because of that thing, that barrier there, a lot of times what happens when, okay, you know what, at home, I'll listen to whatever my parents are saying. When I go out, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to go do whatever I want. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go clubbing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When I come home, a lot of times what happens is even amongst our sisters, I know from people in my own family, they'll, they'll wear hijab in front of their parents and they wear abaya. As soon as they leave the house, bro, it's a wrap. It's over. Right? Because this is, this is a, something, this is not even, because now our parents are forcing us to do something. And why does Allah mention the Quran, la ikraha fiddin? There's no forcing in religion. Why is that? It's because people will be pushed away from it. Right? People will be... Put, if I were to force you guys to come to this class, I don't care, you have to come. Right? No one's going to pull up. No one's going to come. Right? If you want to come, it's your choice. Right? This is how Islam should be taught. Obviously, like, inshallah, once we are all parents, we should use hikmah and look at the life of Rasulullah how he would deal with his parents, how he would deal with his family. Rasulullah mentioned the khayrukum khayrukum li The best amongst you is the best who... That, that, the, 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 is the best... Uh, uh, my bad. Khayrukum khayrukum li ahli. That the best amongst you is the, best, uh, the person who is best to his family. And I am the best amongst you towards my family. That is a beautiful example we have in front of us. Such a beautiful example from the life of Rasulullah that even in his family life, right, everybody in his family, nobody had a problem. Everybody loved the Prophet. Right? So this is how we should be dealing, inshallah, when we have kids in the future. We learn. And I'm not saying that our parents are bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon them. Right? And we should have patience with our, with, with our parents. And now getting back to the other side of the spectrum. Now when we look down upon our friends, right? when, we, when we say, like, just because if I'm, studying, if I'm studying religion, or if I'm studying Islam, I can't just go and start pointing fingers at people. Right? We ourselves try to ignore the, the, the mistakes and habits, the, the bad habits we have in ourselves and like to kind of deflect and be like, you know what? Oh, look at this guy. Look at that guy. Look, at least I'm praying. At least I'm doing this. At least I'm doing that. Right? Don't look at at least what you're doing. Look at what, 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 we're, what we're not doing. And that brother might be doing something that you don't know about. Or that sister might be doing something that, 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 you, know, that you don't know about. So never judge a book by its cover. That's what it's saying, right? Never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, what's up? So about judging, but like, how's it different from like, like if you see a scene happen, you're supposed to do something about it. Like if you see something, if you see someone doing something bad, uh-huh. like you're supposed to do. Something so the hadith about. the Prophet said mentions man la aminkum munkaran. Whosoever sees an evil happening, like you see a man is somebody doing something evil, like you're saying, right? Yeah. Stop it with your hands. Like basically, like try, try your best to say something. Like you know, like, all right. First, if it's like somebody fighting, this is an example, right? Break it up, right? Or somebody's like arguing and get really getting really heated. If not, then you say something against it. Like, dude, I don't think this is right. I'm not the most pious person in the world, but I feel like, and if, you're, if your homie is actually like, you know, he's, he's your friend, he'd be like, yeah, you know what, you're right. This is not right. There's, there's hikmah. Hikmah, wisdom is very, very important to be used in these happen. The hadith mentions, al-hikmah dudalatun mu'min. The hikmah is the last commodity of a believer. We don't know how to talk to people anymore. Right? We don't know how to use wisdom. Our wisdom is completely lost and gone. So, the, so first thing is, get back to our wisdom. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us. And the third thing is, That if you are unable to even do that, to where you can speak out against it, then at least have a dislike for it in your heart. 
right? Have, this, you know, but But that is the weakest form of iman. That obviously you should say something against it, right? Try your best to stop that action, but at least have a dislike for it in your heart and make dua for that person. Never have some enmity against or some. Rasulullah never have any enmity or animosity against anybody. Make dua for that person in your heart. When Rasulullah went to Taif, everybody heard that famous story. When Rasulullah he went to the, uh, for Taif uh, to give dawah, and then what happened? The people not only rejected his da'wah, but the people ordered the kids of that community to throw stones at Rasulullah to pelt Rasulullah to such an extent that when Rasulullah was leaving the city, his shoes were completely clogged up in blood, that he wasn't able to take his foot out because of the amount of blood that was inside his shoe. And now what happens, Jibreel comes with the angel that is in charge of looking those two mountains, overlooking those two mountains. Right? And what happens is, Jibreel says, look, so, uh, this is the angel. He's overlooking these two mountains. And he says, the angel says, Salaam alaikum, Ya Rasulullah. He says, Ya Rasul, if you want, I can completely destroy this, these people and they will never be able to, uh, no one will ever hear about them ever again. It will be over for them. But what did Rasulullah say? saying? No, rather I make dua that a pious person comes out from their community. Right? And subhanAllah, if you ever go to Taif, one of my friends told me this. So this is actually like a huge boulder there that is being held by one rock. And then uh, the, the locals said, they mentioned that, that they were actually planning on pushing that boulder on Rasulullah It's being held on one like small little rock in front of it. SubhanAllah, you see how Allah SWT protects his, his Prophet. Anyway, now getting back to the... Uh, was that, did I answer your question? Yeah, so there's a line between that and like judging people. Oh, oh, he's talking about like... Okay, yeah, but so that is, that is, a, good, that is a good question. So... Obviously, no matter what we do in our life, right? We can, we, like the hadith mentions, stop with your hand, stop with your... You try your best that, try to focus on the flaws in yourself, right? Focus on the flaws in yourself. That maybe it's some deficiency in myself that, you know, my brother is doing these things, right? The focus on, main, first, first thing that you're in a, for a student knowledge is that you have to focus on the flaws of yourself, right? Monitor your heart. Before you start pointing fingers, right? Before, before you start saying this and that, that the beautiful hadith of Prophet mentions from the excellence of a person's Islam is that he does not get involved in those things which do not concern him. This is the biggest problem today. We get involved in stuff all the time which has nothing to do with us. Right? Absolutely nothing. Right? All, these, all this media and all these other things and talking about, oh, you know, you heard what happened between this and between that person. Will Smith smacked, uh, smacked Chris Rock in the, at the Oscars. Can you believe that? Why did he do that? Do you see Jada, Jada's face after he did that? Like, th- these are all things. These are layani. These are unnecessary for us to get involved in. We don't need these things. Right? These are things that satiate our nafs. They satiate our desires. We need to stay away from those things and focus on ourselves. What is my fault? What is my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? Uh, it's a very, very famous statement, right? That you may notice a dust particle in your brother's eye, but you forget the tree stump in your own eye. We have so many big flaws. But you're like, oh, dude, you see the way the guy left his shoes around in the mustard? You see the way the guy parked his car? Right? You see all these different kinds of things? Like, dude, stop focusing on those things. Those are unnecessary. Those things are just, that is trying to, that's feeding your ego. Right there, when we used to focus on other people's mistakes, that's feeding our ego. Ah, you know, at least I'm not doing these things or, you know, I'm better than that person. So stop feeding our ego. Just, if somebody's doing something, make dua for that person. That's what we learn from the life of Rasulullah Now, he continues here. He says, we, we just talked about the, um, ah, okay. So that was the second one. Uh, uh, the third one, actually. ihtiqal. Alright, the fourth thing that your eyes should be refraining from, he mentions here, from being on the outlook or the lookout for another Muslim's faults, which we just we just talked about. Alright, all those things. So who can mention to me the four things that we need our eyes to do and the four things we need our eyes to stay away from? One, not, not looking at non-mahrams. Uh, two, don't look at anything in the dunya lustfully. Um, I said jealousy eyes with the third one like don't look at people with, with jealous feeling and the third one don't try to look, find other Muslims for us alright good mashallah so those are four things that you are not supposed to do with your eyes what about the four things you are supposed to do yeah, yeah. Um, I can answer first and then I'll ask a question yeah, sure. uh, it's made only to guide you outside of dark the darkness of misguidance um, <clears throat> so that you, you may be helped with uh, using it as a tool to, for mm-hmm. your needs uh to look at Allah's creation and ponder it, and to take heed from the ayat of Allah, which doesn't just the ayat. That's good. Alhamdulillah. You had a question as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the, uh, the first one to protect yourself? I know the other three, but uh, eyes from mahram. Yeah, very mahram. Someone who is not like a female, 
that is not amongst your direct family. For example, your I sister, or you know, your mother, or like your aunt, your your mom's sister, right? These types of things. Anyway, <coughs> should we continue, or it's up to you guys? I didn't even know it's almost time. To yeah, remember. it's twelve twenty-five. We started twelve forty-five. Huh? We started twelve forty-five. Okay, so it's up to you guys. All right, let's take let's take a vote. Should we continue, or no, sorry, raise yeah, your hand if you think we should continue? Right. Yeah, do you want to continue? It's up to you. I'm down, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to continue. I had I had some coffee. My Allah, breast by the dua. He got me some coffee after Mason. So Alhamdulillah, I'm ready to go. Right? You know, one funny story. One time, I was coming back. You know, Ahmed and Subhan, right? So we were coming back. My cousins, we were coming back from Atlanta, and I had just I got those like double shot espresso cans uh, to drive. And I was like, I'm ready to go. Right, the next exit passed by. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna need drive." Like, not even five minutes after, I was like, "Bro, I can't do this." Bro. I, I was starting to fall asleep. He's like, "You just took a dumb shot, bro." So, I, like, I don't ever want to hear you say that again. <laughs> yeah, so inshallah, but no, alhamdulillah, I'm Big good coffee. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what's it called? Too much or anything is not good for you, right? So, okay. So now that so that's just of the eyes in itself, right? Those are the eyes, and now he continues. He says. Mm. Now we're getting to the ears, right? The ears. How do you protect your ears? What do you protect them from and what they should be doing? He says here, as for the ear, protect it from listening to reprehensible innovations, backbiting, lewd talk. Delving into falsehood or talking about the faults of others, right? All these things, right? First thing we're going to go is protecting from listening to reprehensible innovations. What's that? Bid'at, right? Things which are bid'ah, which are an innovation in Islam. Don't listen to those things, right? Everything that is innovated is a bid'ah. Well, I remember I talked to you guys about what bid'ah is, the difference between the two different types of bid'ah. Right? Every single bid'ah in innovation is a misguidance. And all sorts of misguidance are in the fire of Jahannam. Right? So don't keep yourself away from those kinds, kinds of talk. And also as well, right? a lot of these different different shuyukh and stuff like that. Remember I told you outwardly, they look like big, big scholars. Right? But inwardly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Right? Sometimes you need to even stay away from that because this is not, it's, a, it's, a kind of, it's a way of innovating. Right? It's a way of even their speech and stuff like that, we don't even know it's correct. We don't know what they're what they're saying. It could be something innovative that's not part of Islam. There's a whole, uh, whole like volume, huge volume set of of called al mawdu'at A mawdu'at hadith is something which has been fabricated from the Prophet sallallahu and we need to stay away from those fabrications of the Prophet sallallahu Right? We need to make sure that whatever hadith we listen to, it is established. It is like you know, it's a good hadith, right? And I, I, I wish I, a lot of people were asking me yesterday about the, uh, I think you were asking right about the about. About the, the father and the mother of Rasulullah So I want to explain this to you guys Even if I were to sit here and explain it to you You're not going to get it right? Because for ourselves That is such a high level topic That you know, you're going to learn on your, on your journey You have to start that journey of knowledge first right? You have to be if I, like, you know, For example, I'm going to ask you guys What is a Sahih Hadith? According to us sitting here What is a Sahih Hadith? A chain and then both, all the narrators They have to have proof that they met each other And there's like a lot of Yes, exactly So yeah Oh, yeah, so there are five conditions for a hadith to be sahih. A lot of times you go, oh, what's a sahih hadith, right? It's sahih hadith, Bukhari Muslim, right? That's it. They love to say that. Everybody loves to say that. But there are five conditions for a hadith to be sahih. And not only that, there can be, there can be a difference in opinion inside the hadith itself. The, the, a sahih hadith is, look, the first is itlisal al-sanad. Make sure the, the sanad, the uh, chain of narrators is, is, is connected. It's very, very strong sanad. Number two, adat ruwat. The, 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 the narrators of the hadith, they are just and they have a good background. And that's a whole field inside hadith itself. It's called jarah wa ta'adith, right? To critique every single scholar of hadith to make sure, like, was he, if he was born here, was it fine? You know, did he later lose his memory in life? All the scholars of hadith, look at that. Third thing, dhabt ruwat uh, and then fourth, as-salamatu min al-shuduth, as-salamatu min al-illah. All these, these five things are necessar- necessary for sahih hadith. Now, even in this, right, two sahih hadith can be against each other. One hadith the Prophet mentions, la adwa wa la There is no contagiousness in Islam. Another hadith mentions that when there is a plague, run away from it like firarukum min al-asad. Just like how you run away from Allah. Now you have both these hadith and Bukhari. Now what are you going to do? 
What are you supposed to do? They're both Sahih Hadith, right? What are we supposed to do? We can't just disregard one because we, we're disregarding the words of Rasulullah. This is what I'm saying here. There are principles to a hadith. There are things that we cannot comprehend. Like we cannot comprehend. Until you start that journey of knowledge, like alhamdulillah, we're starting this journey about learning how to become a true uh, student of knowledge. Right? Then you learn your Arabic. You can't climb a tree from the top. Right? You can't climb a tree from the top. You can't explain rocket science to a kindergartner. Right? All these things you have to keep in mind. So you have to start your journey of knowledge somewhere. Ibn Abbas عنه, mentions under the tafsir of al-Rasikhun. What is al-Rasikhun if you're in? Yeah, like they are very... What is Rasikhun if you're in? You want to say it? <laughs> I, like delving into... Yeah, very into their knowledge. Rasikhun if you're in. They are like the highest... Uh, in, their, in terms of ulama, they are the highest, highest ranking. Ibn Abbas mentions underneath that, uh, underneath that in the tafsir that ayah, he says, who are those rasikhuna fil ilm? Who are these big, big giants when it comes to scholarship? Those people who start off with the basics of knowledge first. Ibtidai. Start off with the basics first and then you move on to the main things. Now you want to, like a lot of people, they want to talk about the juicy stuff, right? I want to hear about where Allah is. I want to hear about this. Or I want to hear about that. All these different types of things. I know Fawaz looking at Abraham. Uh, <laughs> right? It's just like all these different types of things, right? So these are some things that are not for our comprehension. We can't even comprehend these things yet. And we want to open up the Quran and translate the Quran. Habibi, you haven't even learned Alif Bata Thayyat, right? Or let alone the basic morphology of Arabic, let alone the grammar of Arabic and then the, the vocabulary and all these things. So how are we going to open up these books? Where in these books, after six, seven years, then you finally can open up that book and even then it confuses you. It confuses you, right? Right now, right now, mashallah, we have Siyam here, he's studying, mashallah. Even if you, like three, four years from now, even once you get into Bukhari, when you get into Muslim, when you get into Sahih, uh, was Jami or Tirmidhi, it's going to confuse you even if you study after six years, right? So these are the things that are very, very important. So understand that we need to start from the what? Basics of knowledge. Basic basics of knowledge. Alright? So that's very, very important. So do we run from the virus or do we... Uh, huh? <laughs> do we run from the virus or do we stay? I'm not going to answer that because you guys are not that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not, we're not at that level yet. <laughs> I was expecting that question. I was like, you know what? Someone's going to... Right? Yeah, so that's, see, that's what I'm saying. Inside, inside a hadith themselves. Right? I'll give you another example. The hadith of Mi'raj. Right? The ascension of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Hadith mentioned that Rasulullah Sallallahu went up physically and spiritually in the night of Mi'raj. One hadith, there's a mention in Bukhari. Another hadith in Bukhari mentioned that Aisha said that when I went to test the bed of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi it was warm. When, when he came, like before he left. And so this hadith, right? Aisha wasn't even married to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi at the time of Isra'a Mi'raj. So inside the hadith himself, the Sahih, what I said, the Sahih mainly has to do with the Isnad and the Asanid of the Hadith. The chain of narrators, they're very, very good and everybody's reliable. But the words of the Hadith themselves, they still have a difference of opinion, which a lot of people don't get. Like I said, you can open up any book and be like, yeah, this is right. No, that's not right. Like, don't open up books yet. We're not there yet. Right now, we're, we're in Bidat and Hidayah. Let's stick to what, what our basics are. Khayyin, inshallah. Everybody get it? Yeah. All right? Anyway, how did we get from the ear to this? I have no idea. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, ah, bid'ah. Yes, very, very important. Bid'ah. All right, Khayd. Khayd. Where are we? Yeah, so, now getting back. So that's the first thing, right? Protect from listening to Yeah, there you go. And, yeah, uh, backbiting, very, very big. Very, very big sin, right? What does the hadith mention? You know, al ghibatu ashaddu min zina right? That backbiting is more severe than committing zina, than committing adultery. That people, like to, their minds like to wonder, like, what? No, it's not like that, right? The first thing, ghiba is more severe than zina. Why? Because you have to go seek forgiveness from that person himself, right? Imagine if I talk so much, like, you know, so bad about, uh, you know, Fawaz behind his back, and he came to know about it. He's like, bro, what the heck? Like, you know, I thought we were homies, man, right? I thought we were tight. <laughs> And now, it becomes less of a chance for him to forgive me. Because people, people are not ghafoor rahim You have to keep that in mind. Allah is ghafoor rahim Allah is the off-forgiving and the most merciful. The people, no way, man. People will cut you off for life. People will, like, you know, won't want to talk to you ever again. And where are we going to have to settle this? On Yom Al-Qiyamah. Right? That same hadith we talked about yesterday. The who is a poor person in the eyes of Allah? The one who loses all his deeds because he talked... He yeah, comes with a mouthful of good deeds. And he, loses and he leaves a mouthful of bad deeds because he didn't take care of the rights. Of the people. Very, very important. So, stay away from ghibah. 
And he continues here, he says, the third thing they need to worry about for your ears is lewd talk. What is that? Hey, yo, bro, look what I was up to last night. <laughs> yeah, look, yo, remember what we did last night? <laughs> Unnecessary talk, bro, don't worry about it. We don't have to talk about these things. These are between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So, uh, unnecessary talk, right? Unnecessary. Of course, you know, we're, we're all young, so we're going to do necessary talk. But try to refrain from doing it on a constant basis, right? That's what Hadith mentioned, right? When I took to the dhikr, do not laugh too much. Because laughing too much kills the heart. Why? Because now when a person is laughing so much where the stomachs are shaking and the eyes are coming, the tears are coming out, you know, the guy's over here doing whatever, I don't even know, rolling on the floor, right? What happens is our heart is in a mind and it is in a state of ghafla, forgetfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So we should always, even though we're having a good time, we should always end off with the, some, some talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so our minds can go back to Allah. And then he says, delving into falsehood, right? Don't delve into uh, if you're not knowledgeable, don't delve into these types of things when it talks about atheism and all this, because it's going to confuse you, right? It's going to confuse a lot of us. So like I mentioned before, right? Start off with the basics, basic, basic stuff. And then he says, or talking about the faults of others, we just talked about this last time in the, in the previous explanation of the eyes as well, that don't talk bad about other people. This biggest thing, uh, gossip, gossip is a common thing everywhere. He said, she said, you know... What's the tea on this person? What's the tea on that person? Right, this and that. This is a very, very big mistake. And as a student of knowledge, this is very, very dangerous for us. Right? Because now, people are going to look at you. And if you're doing the same actions, they're going to follow you as well. They're going to follow you. Right? SubhanAllah. Yeah, Abrar, you know, like, what's it called? You start, start gossiping, man. Like, you know, what's it called? Like, then the next day, Fawaz comes around, bro, like, we were just in classes today. You know, we're doing this? Like, what? You know? Like, so these kind of things, bro, we have to keep very, very, we have to be very mindful of these things. Even if people don't know uh, that we're students of knowledge and we're having this halaqa, eventually they will know. Because if you guys change your habits, inshallah, that's the main thing, right? Try as best to change your habits. And, and the habits, nothing changes overnight. Know that. Nothing ever changes overnight. We have bad habits, inshallah, we work on them in between, uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first step is what? Acceptance. When we have a bad habit, accept that you have a bad habit. Don't deny it. Be like, I don't have a bad habit, you have a bad habit. Right? That's the first thing that happens. Right? I know, dude, what are you talking about? That's you, not me, right? No, I have a bad habit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it, inshallah. And now he says, uh, so that was the third thing, right? That was the four things that you're That was the four things? The four things you're not supposed to do. Oh, yeah, that was the four <coughs> things. Wait, yeah. Is, is delving into falsehood and gossip, like, is that part of the loot talk? Yeah, it's all these three are connected. Okay, okay, like, all, okay. these three, all these three are connected. Oh. So that means we just did... Three. It's like a three in one special. We have done falsehood. Falsehood? We haven't done falsehood. No. We talked a little bit no, about falsehood. Eh? Yeah, delving into falsehood. Delving into falsehood is like something which is not part of our religion. That especially, like I said, for people who are just start, starting to study, don't delve into like you know other other religions. That's what falsehood is, right? Falsehood, other religions, and stuff like that, because it will confuse you. They don't inshallah in your in your what's it called other other types of things, right? Inshallah, that's good. Delving into falsehood is also believing a lie. Right? Believing a lie of, of somebody else. Right? Don't just take every, anybody's word for granted. Right? It says, right? A person suffices as a liar how? That he just listens to it. He just narrates everything he listens, everything he hears. Right? As soon, yeah. And that's the biggest problem, right? That, you know, subhanAllah, when Umar when he accepted Islam, he went to one person, I forgot his name off the top of my head. And he knew that this person cannot hold any water in his mouth. And this guy just goes and just blurts everything. So he said, look, go tell the people, I accepted Islam, right? Without a second, this guy <laughs> runs up on, on a building. He's like, Umar has accepted Islam. Umar has accepted Islam. Right? And then people start throwing trash on Umar and all these different types of things, right? So, you know, for, for him, it's, he's doing it for a good cause. But for us, if we are, someone is trying to tell us something, which we may not even know the truth, the truth behind it, Try your best not to listen to it. Be like, Allah knows if it's true or not. I don't want to get myself involved in these types of things. Right? Now, getting to back, back to the ear. So, what are the things that he mentioned to stay away from? Yes, good. Very good, mashallah. So, everybody got that? Now. Uh, is, is gossip similar to backbiting? In a way, yes. 
Right. Who can explain it for us? Well, loosely, right? Like, Gossiping is like with people. Well, like something like, happened to someone or they did something. And then also also slander as well. So you guys, what is the difference between backbiting and slander? Who can tell the difference? Slandering is a lie. Yeah, slandering is a lie. Backbiting is something that is true, but if you were to mention it in front of your brother, he would dislike it. Is, uh, is listening to falsehood number three or number four? four. Number part of four. four. Which one? Is uh, listening to falsehood number four? The fourth one? Um, the over here, one? let me see what he says. Is it, is There's it some bullets that like branch out yeah, like sub bullets. Like the third one has a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so he says here. Innovations, backbiting, lewd talk, falsehoods. Falsehoods. Yeah, okay. That's for the ear. Paragraph. Oh. Hey, John, you got it? I have a, another okay. question. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, like, I, I, when I was in high school, it used to be, like, on a locker room and stuff. I would hear a lot. Uh-huh. Like, in terms of, like, how you should avoid it is just do what try you want to do. Try, get, to, get try to blurt it out. Yeah. You know, try, to, try to just keep your mind focused on something else, right? A lot of times people, like, you know, for myself, one thing is, like, what I try to do is if there's some place where like loud, loud music is being played, you try to just cancel it out. Right? Yeah. Because you know, you may have some friends, right? they might want to blast music and stuff like that. So you try your best to just blur it out, focus on something else, and then you know, focus on the game itself. Right? Uh, it's easier said than done, but you make it a practice of it. No, no, I understand. That. Yeah. But a second, sorry, I know it's a lot. Uh, a- uh, let's say you're with a group of you know people you like, friends and stuff like that, and suddenly the conversation turns. Mm. Like they're good people and stuff, but yeah. like sometimes it just happens. It happens. Right? It's a very common pr- thing that happens amongst people. But it is a person, especially if you're a student of knowledge. It's your job to our guys. Let's not, let's not get into that boundary of you know backbiting or gossiping about somebody else. And khair inshallah. So let's continue here. He says, Why was the ear actually created? So you can hear the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The beautiful Quran, the recitation, the Quran that we love to hear. Shaykh Sudey, Shaykh Shuraim, whoever you want to listen to. These are the reasons that our ears have been created. Not to listen to all these other you know, lies and gossip and other, all the other things, music, right? These things are going to affect our heart. Right? About music, Allah mentions right? Amongst those people, they buy right? and they purchase hadith. The ulama and scholars of tafsir they say, well, hadith hear me? It means music. So they can be misguided from the path of Allah and take it as some joke. Right? So, and then he says, So do you need to use your ears for what? To, yeah, to hear the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want, inshallah, we have Fawaz here, he'll recite for us. Right? Fawaz. We have here, mashallah. So this, this is what I'm talking We have other Qurra in the area. So they'll recite for us. Go listen to them. So re- listen to the Holy Quran. This is what you're getting reward out of this. I know Fawaz looking at me like, bro, why are you putting me on spot? <laughs> the real right? MP3. Yeah, exactly. Fawaz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So these are the things we should be listening to, right? Because this builds our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This builds a strong bond as far as the words of Allah, they impact the heart. Even if we don't know what they mean, they still have an effect on our heart because we're trying our best to understand. Remember how we were talking about like we want to know the meaning of the Quran, even if it bothers us if we don't know it? The fact that you're even trying or you really want to learn it, is your, there's a reward in, your, in itself. right? That niyyah that you have, the intention that you have, and we talked about at the beginning of the book, if your niyyah is clear, Allah will reward you accordingly. Right? So that's the first thing. Right? And then you listen to the sunnah of the Rasulullah. Listen to the beautiful teachings of the Prophet. Listen to how he used to how he was with his family, what his habits were, right? What he would do on a regular basis, right? How he was treated with his sahaba, how he would treat people in general. These things are you should be listening to. The third one is um, the third one is Principle. This is why I don't like the PDF. Ah, sorry, I found it. Okay, the third one is um, The hikmah and the wisdom of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Listen to their, the wisdom and, and their wise words that they're giving you Right, and stuff like that Don't listen to me, I'm stupid, right? Don't, don't think any of whatever I'm saying Listen to the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Spend time with people who What did Mufti Sahib say? When you look at somebody They remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Spend time with those kinds of people Get wisdom from them Get knowledge from them Build that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And then he mentioned وَتَتَوَصَّلَ بِهَا إِلَىٰ إِسْتِفَارَةِ الْعِلْمِ لِتَنَالَ بِهَا الْمُلْكَ الْمُقِيمَةِ وَالنَّعِيمَ الدَّائِمِ And he says, 
Hmm. Yeah, okay. And so that, uh, so that by it, you may gain access to the benefits of knowledge by which you may reach the internal, eternal dominion and everlasting bounty, which is what? Jannah. Jannah, right? Whenever we ask for Jannah, what should we ask for? Okay. Jannah to Firdaus, right? So should we stop there, inshallah? I feel like everybody's... What was the fourth one for uh, what you should be listening to with your ears? Oh, so it says, first one he mentions is that you listen to the yeah. kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And then after that, you listen to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then you, uh, what's it called? Um, there's actually only three things he mentioned. Okay. And then the wahikmat awliyahi. And you listen to the wisdoms of Allah's close friends. So inshallah, we will stop there. Or you guys want to finish the ear? I thought we just finished the ear. Yeah, yeah, finish yeah. the ear? Okay, inshallah. So now, it's, there's, like three, there's like three, four lines left. And then after that... <laughs> فَإِذَا أَصْغَيْتَ بِهَا إِلَىٰ شَيْءٍ مِنَ الْمَكَارِهِ صَارَ مَا كَانَ لَكَ عَلَيْكَ وَانْقَلَبَ مَا كَانَ سَبَبَ فَوْزِكَ فَصَارَ سَبَبَ هَلَاكِكَ وَهَذَا غَايَةُ الْخُسْرَانِ So he says that, um, so if you use uh, it to listen to something disliked, then what is then that was in your favor will be against you. And what, you, uh, what was meant to be a reason for you, your success will become a reason for your, uh, for your destruction. This is the ultimate loss. And he says uh, as well. He says, <laughs> So he says, Also do not think that the sin will be attributed only to the one who speaks it and not to the one who listens. For verily it is said in a narration, Truly the listener shares in sin with the speaker and he is one of the two backbiters.